Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello there. Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom this week. It's Anne-Marie Miles here. So great to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. We're going to talk about stress. Oh, my goodness. It's really I already decided last week that I was going to talk about stress this week. And I think God decided, you know something? I'm going to make sure that you're not talking about it in the abstract, that you're talking about it with definite first-hand experience. What a nightmare of a few days I have had. Oh, my goodness. Richard, bless him, has... <laughs> bless him? No, no. Genuinely bless him. He has COVID and he's had it since Friday. And he is... He's ill. He really is ill. I mean, when he had it back in December, you wouldn't have even known he had it. But he, he has it now. He can't do anything. He He's really exhausted, really unwell. So he can't do anything. He can't go anywhere. That has really clipped my wings a bit in the sense that I've had to do all of the things that he would usually do for me. And he's great at running errands for me and popping to get things and collect things and... You know, he does the shopping and he sort out the heating for the week in the church. And apart from the big jobs that he does, all the little kind of to keep everything going jobs, um, he does most of those. So I've had to do all that. And in the middle of all that, our fridge broke down and then we ordered a new fridge and they came and disconnected the old one and actually cut it. The cable was secured in by some countertop edging. So they had to just cut the cable to get the fridge out. And when they had done that, they realised the new fridge wouldn't go in. So it wasn't like we could say, oh, listen, let's just plug the old fridge back in till the, till the new one comes. They'd already like cut the cable and taken it downstairs and it was in the garden. So I was like, oh, my goodness. So there is a new fridge coming, but it's not coming until Saturday. I've spent the last three days trying to arrange an exchange to stop them from refunding me to get an exchange. So eventually, eventually, eventually got that sorted. So there's a new fridge coming, but we're without a fridge. So all the stuff that was in the freezer, I thought I was just going to be able to transfer from one to the other you know within a couple of hours but no so I've lost a lot of the food that was in the freezer a lot of the stuff that was in the fridge is in the fridge in the church hall and we've got a little kind of countertop fridge that can take a litre of milk uh, a little packet of cheese and uh, a pound of butter is all it fits so anything else then I need to go over to the hall to get it and he's not well and oh, <laughs> oh my goodness what a week it has been. So yes, yeah, it's really knocked me off course because I batch cook. So I would cook, you know, I would make a big Mexican or a big stir fry or whatever. And I'd make it for at least two, sometimes three meals and freeze it. And all of that stuff is, um, is just gone. All my dinners are gone. Um, if I'd have been a bit more organised, I probably could have found somebody who could have housed them for me. But because Richard had COVID, I didn't really want to be sending stuff from our house to other people's houses. You know, that type of way. I didn't know what to do and I hesitated and I was paralysed in thought, you know. And eventually it was too late then to do anything about it. So, um, yeah, so I am a little bit stressed. 
<laughs> and extremely busy this week. And I thought, well, I mean, this is this is the week to talk about stress, isn't it? Because it's it's thrown us off course. It's thrown me off my meal plans. I've had to go into the shop every day and just get what I need to cook, which in some ways is grand, but in other ways is a pain in the face. I was reading up about stress and I was like, yeah, yeah, I recognise that. I recognise that. Yeah, 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 I recognise that. I I recognise that. So a couple of the things that I learned about stress when I was reading up on it, the really frustrating thing about stress is that one, it's not very good for us in general. And two, it really affects appetite and eating habits. It either gives you this kind of false adrenaline push to drive you forward or it speeds up the metabolism in such a way that you're always hungry and you're hungry for the wrong things. You're hungry for things that are, you know, carb heavy. But it's not just about the appetite. It messes with the blood sugar levels. See, it's all tied in. It's all tied in. The cortisol, the adrenaline, the blood sugar levels, it's all tied in. It affects mood. It's just so frustrating that being over busy is not just bad for us mentally, but it's also bad physically. If you've ever read anything on this stuff at all, you've probably read that the rise in the stress hormone cortisol can lead to weight gain. And it's always been thought that it's because people are eating more. The stress hormone cortisol makes you want to eat more and you put on weight. But there are other studies. And I've read about this quite a few times over the last few years. And this popped up again in another article that I read. And this says something else might be going on. Stanford University researchers studied the effects of a steroid hormone called glucocorticoids. And it's made in the adrenal gland. Under a microscope, researchers saw how the hormone, when kept at a constant high level, caused the development of fat cells. If the levels rose and then fell, there was no impact. What that is basically saying is that it's not just uh, a rise in cortisol makes us want to eat more. It's saying this glucocorticoid just makes fat cells. It just makes them itself. It's nothing to do with the food you've eaten. It makes, it's, it's it, over there knitting more fat cells in the corner. Nothing to do with the amount of food that you've had. Now, what it says is if it goes up and back down, that's fine. It doesn't tend to make them. And if it even goes really, really high, but for a short period of time, that's fine. But if it goes up and remains high and you're constantly making it, then eventually it starts sitting in the corner knitting fat cells that are completely unconnected to the food that you've eaten. Now, this is a, a report from Stanford University. You know, it's, I'm not sure whether it's a peer reviewed opinion, but it certainly makes sense to somebody like me who even on a good week, I find it hard to lose. I might, you know, be really active. I've really made good choices two or three weeks in a row. And within them two or three weeks, I might lose a pound. And I'm thinking, you know, and sometimes I've thought to myself, is there somebody in the corner knitting fat cells? And lo and behold, (laughs) there may well be, especially because my mental health isn't always great. And sometimes I'm really like, for instance, this week, extremely stressed and busy. Not huge things, but lots and lots and lots and lots of little things, as well as doing my radio work, as well as doing my, my social media work and church work and all of the million things that Richard does day by day, which I really, really miss when he's not able to do them. Stress, you know, is is known to have a detrimental effect on our health in so, so, so many ways. The, the interesting thing about this article is it talks about the type of things that we do 
to reduce stress. And it says that just going and doing a Pilates class for 30 minutes or whatever, or going for a walk or whatever, may not be enough to reduce the effects of stress inside the body. Because what it's saying is that we need to do things that take almost 100% of our concentration. So you ran for a certain amount of time and it used up the same energy that a game of tennis would use up. Kilojoule for kilojoule of energy was used up. The tennis is better for reducing stress because it uses more of your attention. Because when you're running, you can just zone out and just make sure you don't bump into anybody. But you pretty much can just go, 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 go. With tennis, you're watching the ball, you're watching your opponent, you're watching the lines, you're watching the net. And you're much more absorbed in the activity. What it's saying is it's, it's not that the exercise is any more beneficial for your heart or your lungs or your joints or anything like that. But if it takes more of your attention, it's better for reducing stress levels. Activities that take your attention away from the things that you're worrying about are much more beneficial to reducing stress levels. Isn't that really interesting? I, t- I just, uh, I mean, as, as well as it being interesting, it's annoying because for me, it just keeps getting more and more complicated. And there may be some of you listening saying, oh, Amory, just just eat less and move more. And yeah, I absolutely agree. I definitely need to do that. But it's getting harder for me to get a week like this week under control because I just haven't got a minute to think straight. There was a meeting I was supposed to be at yesterday afternoon. I just didn't go. I, I said, I'm sorry, I, I have to work because all that nonsense with the fridge. And I spent ages trying to sort out the exchange of the fridge. And I'm just finding that I'm having more and more weeks that are extremely busy. I enjoy my work. I love my radio work. I love my social media work. I love doing this podcast, but I'm struggling to find a way to stay focused and stay organized. And this feels like a piece of research, if it's true. And again, a lot of this stuff has to be tested, tested and tested again. But if it's true, it's like it's just another notch harder, more complicated. And here's the thing. The more I learn about this stuff, the more I read about this stuff, the more complicated it seems to be and the more... I think, oh, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do next. I had a message from somebody. I won't say who it is. You probably won't know her anyway. <laughs> but I had a message from somebody and she made a couple of comments, really helpful, positive comments. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences because this uh, this was something else I was thinking about this week. She said, I remember when you talked about the year of Jubilee. I talked about this back in March. I leave a link to that episode. It was when I turned 50. I talked about the year of Jubilee in the Bible and my take on that. And she said, "Um, I remember you talked about the year of Jubilee and how you were going to take time to rest, look back and think about the past and all that has led to where you are now. And I thought to myself, do you know something? I did say that the whole idea of the year of Jubilee was that you took a year where even the ground had a rest. Everybody had a year off. People who were in service went home for that year. You didn't plant anything on the ground. You only harvested what grew naturally. And I thought, that sounds like a great idea. I'll rest this year, you know, reflect and I'll just see what grows naturally. And that was my thought, the thought that I had for for this year. And when I read that message, number one, I was like, gosh, not only did she listen, but she remembers what I said six months ago, which is pretty cool. (laughs) But not only not only that, but I thought, actually, she's right in the sense that I haven't really done that. And I'll be honest with you, I've been afraid to do that. 
I've been afraid to just say, okay, let's just, let's just ease off the gas, give myself a break and see what happens. I'm afraid in my life to do that. Because what if what happens is I go back to a place where I don't care and I, I'm not losing weight at the moment, but at least I'm thinking about it. I'm conscious of it. I suppose you could say, well, what difference does it make if you're not losing weight? But it, it does make a difference for me to be in a place where I'm aware of it and I still care. I, my fear is that I give myself that time to not do anything and to not feel anything or worry about anything. And I lose the plot completely. I'm really worried. I'm really worried about that. And she's right. I haven't done what I said I was going to do because I'm afraid to let go. I'm afraid of what will grow. You know, the, the whole point was that you just let go and, and you just see what grows naturally. And I'm afraid of that because I'm afraid what will grow is apathy, more frustration, more weight gain. So I'm in a really difficult place at the moment because I was determined to do that and I never did it. So I was reading all this research about stress and how bad it is for you. And then I ended up in a week of stress in the middle of reading all about the stress. And I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't I do not know where to go next. I really don't. I'm just not sure uh, what to do next. I just feel like I'm losing the plot and um, I cannot seem to get it together. The problem is food has changed, activity has changed, food processing has changed. The options that we have have changed. The content of food, the crap that's in some of the food that we buy on the shelves, all of that has changed. But the stress responses have not changed at all. Lots and lots of things have changed about the way we live, the way we eat, the way we move, the way food is made, our attitude towards food, the availability of food, uh, certainly on this side of the world. And uh, sadly, the stress responses within the body <laughs> have not changed. We're, that's the way we're made. The stress responses in the body are made to encourage us to seek out food when we're hungry. The problem is that our brains and our hormones have gotten completely mixed up. So our brains think every type of hunger needs food, an emotional hunger, a spiritual hunger and a physical hunger. The stress responses, the hormones connected to appetite, they don't recognize the difference between the hunger that actually requires food, the real physical hunger and the hunger that comes from an emotional hunger or a spiritual hunger. So there's nothing that we can do about the physiological responses. It's all to do with our actions. There are a few different things we can do. I'm not going to tell you anything you haven't heard before. And part of the reason I'm saying some of this stuff is to encourage myself to do it because I really feel that I am stuck in a rush. All of the things I've said here today, if you've struggled with your weight in any way, eating too much or too little, moving too much or too little, you know about this. So I'm reading from the National Academy of Sports Medicine website. The first thing, reducing the amount of processed food and increasing the amount of whole foods. Really? Wow. Wow. Never heard that before, Amory. 
The second thing is exercise. Again, not just for the physical benefit. It does help the knees and the heart and the lungs, but also for the emotional benefit. Deal with past traumas. People suffering from past traumas are often those who have an amplified chronic stress response. Trauma can wreak havoc on the endocrine system, disrupting the normal dopamine responses. A study conducted in 2013 of 105 obese women diagnosed with binge eating disorder determined that 24% of the group met the diagnostic criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. While trauma is not necessarily the cause of of chronic stress in all the clients seeking weight loss, it is something that is often overlooked and not consciously linked with weight control problems. Treating PTSD or past traumas may be a necessary step in reducing chronic stress. Self-care and setting limits. Engaging in self-care activities is strongly correlated with lower levels of perceived stress. A study from 2021, placing value on your own time and consciously setting limits at work with friends and even family members is critical in reducing psychosocial stress. This means allowing time for sleep, healthy eating, exercise and leisure time. These things are just as important for your health as a regular dental checkup, regular health care and practicing good hygiene. Think of activities as long-term investments in your weight loss efforts. It may take time to see results, but you may be addressing the root of a weight control problem. And then it goes on to talk about getting enough sleep. Adults aged 18 to 60 years old require at least seven hours of quality sleep a night. Lost sleep creates a sleep debt, which needs to be made up with naps or additional sleep. Set aside a wind down period at night. Avoid using electronics before bed. Going to bed and getting up at regular times, including weekends, can help improve sleep quality, hence reducing stress. It's all this big connected web, isn't it? The sleep, the eating, the exercise, the mental health. It's all this big interconnected thing. And I know it's right. I know it's true. I know, I know the things I should do. But I feel like my mind, my brain is crowded with all the information. And I'm struggling to put it into practice. I just feel crowded. That is the best word. Stressed and crowded. And I can't find a clear path to get back. And I suppose not having a fridge (laughs) is an excuse. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just stuck. And I thought there's no point in me doing this podcast if I'm not going to share the struggle as well as the easy bits. We'll just see how next week goes. I wish I had a fantastic answer for you. But this week, I just cannot get it together at all. And part of me is really afraid that I'm just going to slip, slip, slip and slide. And But I, I'm so determined not to be. So maybe that's that's a good thing that I'm afraid of it, you know, that I'm aware of it. It's a really difficult time for me emotionally. I'm not depressed. I'm not unhappy. I'm just busy and stressed and so aware that I am not in the right place with my eating. There we go. That's all I can tell you. What I need to do is go back and listen to some of the older episodes of this podcast. <laughs> And puts some of those things I used to do into into place. Anyway, listen, we've just got one more thing to do and then I shall leave you be. Frankie! What is that about? Yeah, what is that about? Can I complain about my fridge again? (laughs) 
What is that about? I'm sure we measure the doors before we pick the fridge. And why on earth would you completely disconnect a fridge and come and cut the wires so that it absolutely can't be reconnected again before you see can the new fridge come in the door? <sighs> a week without a fridge. I've been without a fridge since Monday and it's now Wednesday and the new one's not coming until Saturday. What is that about? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not saying it's their fault. I mean, I, I ordered the fridge. It's not even like we got it a centimetre wrong. We were about four inches out. Like the new fridge was something like six inches bigger than the old fridge. And four inches too big to get into the house. So it wasn't like a tiny, oh gosh, it was a centimetre. I miscounted my centimetres. Like we were miles out. <sighs> anyway, listen, I'm going to go before I start crying again. <laughs> oh, sorry about this. Yeah, listening to me whinging today. Next week. I'm going to be spit spot sparky and bright. Oh, one thing I do need to tell you. I've started a YouTube channel. It's part of my Tech Pixies training. I'm going to be, you know, wrapping up my training to get my um, certificate, to get my qualifications. So I decided to start a YouTube channel. I've only got a couple of things up there. I think I'm going to call it Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. OK, so search for me on YouTube Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Or you can go to the website annemariemiles.co.uk and I will see you and you will hear me much more chippy chippy happy please God next week bye bye